0: Unmute me! There we go. I think that's the first thing they're going to hear is Chris saying, Unmute me. And that's fine. That's how we like to start all of our episodes, by yelling (laughs) at the audience, that's my friend Chris Ford, (laughs) a.k.a. The Objective Geek, who will not be silenced. And my name is Sean Mm -hmm. Taylor. This is Avatar, The Last Podcasters, doing kind of a special, slightly different episode for you today, still in between books two and three of Korra, and so we like to take that opportunity to squeeze in these other random ideas that Chris thinks of during the course <laughs> of a book. And sometimes they're
1: good ideas, sometimes. They're, uh, they out, oh, last week's episode, uh, is just, uh, just, uh, as, I think, I think it was Hoop said a like, we we're all over the place, but he said it in a, in a good way, which we were.
0: And, <laughs> anyway, and quite frankly, I don't, I'm going to take the blame for last week because I don't know if I knew what, what the intention was. Like, I was having a hard time deciding what, uh, What what it was that you were that you were trying to prove and then we got to the end and you're like, So so you feel it would change much? And I was like, No. And you're like, Yeah, (laughs) see? And I'm like, Oh, you didn't So it it didn't occur to me until way too late. I'm sure you explained it in very clear terms, but I'm a human and I sleep a lot, and then those terms go away. But uh hey, you know what? This week is, is another week and a new attempt. And I've got a lot of hype in my head built up for this one because we're going to talk a little good. bit about Raya, uh, about Raya and the Last Dragon, and then not that they, not that anyone told us to or anyone asked for this, but throw throw <laughs> around some cross comparisons to the Legend of Korra, and I think there's some really good application there. So I'm very excited yes. to talk about and, this one and and to Avatar: Liza, Airbender, the two. Oh, okay. You know, I was just character. thinking Cora, but that is very silly. Yeah. Yes, to the, you can't put to the riot whole riot and Korra,
1: but <laughs> I was glad yeah, it's all of it.
0: Well, but. Chris, obviously the only thing is there's two strong female characters, and that's it. See, I just covered it. We don't yeah. have to do it anymore. That's the whole story. That's true. Everyone yeah. knows that all <laughs> movies with a strong female character are pretty much all the same. Movie. It's the same thing. Yep, that's right. Yeah, Please anything. don't stop listening yeah. to us when we're joking about this. We are Absolutely joking. I love strong female characters <laughs> and, and their nuanced films. Big big fans on this show. But before we <laughs> jump into that stuff, Chris, uh Chris, it's been two weeks since we last recorded. How you doing? What do you got going on? Uh yeah, you know, I'm I'm doing great. Doing pretty great. I don't what do I have going
1: on? I don't even know, really. Yeah, just doing good, living my life like it's golden. And uh that's it.
0: No, not That that's it. There's no no upcoming videos. No, uh, talk on I mean, Ipers who are losing I mean, big right now.
1: I keep I keep trying to start writing scripts for videos, and I don't get that far. Not because of writer's block, just will and time.
0: Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> no, no, pointing out the fact that uh, Steam constantly runs in the background, so every time somebody logs on Steam, it shows up on that screen. And I really need to get that changed the friend who just got on, his name is Corgi Princess, so that's kind of fun.
1: I did get the random interrogation email that HBO Matt sent out. Did you see that? No, I didn't, because it's
0: (laughs) your account and all. (laughs) Uh,
1: A random intern accidentally sent out an email to like a third of HBO Matt subscribers. It just said, the subject just said, interrogation test, and there was nothing in the email. Like It seemed like a (laughs) i didn't open it at first because it seemed like a you know sketchy email and then i saw like so many people got it apparently it was an intern just made a mistake and then hbo like sent out a tweet about it and then a lot of people were commenting like hey intern don't worry like i did this one time i did this one time
0: i saw dear intern on twitter i didn't click on it i presume that's related yeah. But when yes. you first said that you first said interrogation email, I'm like, uh, oh, Chris got kicked off of HBO Max because I use his profile on like four different TVs. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so I thought you were very calm and collected about it. And I was gonna be like, Oh, you're very you're in a very good mood about this. No, I'm glad that wasn't the case. I did not receive said email. <laughs> I've been watching a ton of HBO Max though, by the way. Thanks. We've got like five streaming services and I watch HBO Max more than any of them. They have good. They have good content. They do, and they they will be the subject of of some of our uh, episodes potentially in the near future, or not the subject, the host, I guess, of some of our content that we'll talk about going forward. But uh, not not today, Chris. If you don't have anything else that you care to talk about at the moment, we. I'm going to introduce something. What we're going to try just a little bit different. Hopefully it doesn't come off as too weird or anything like that. But we're going to kind of offer a a standalone review of Raya the Last Dragon. And if you're listening to this podcast or you're watching the full episode, you know, it's just going to be a chunk of that episode. Uh, But we're going to try to do sort of a clean cut, minimize our tangents and things like that so that we can also pluck this part out and post it separately potentially so that people that don't want to hear us talk for an hour about a single episode of Avatar The Last Airbender might still come and watch our review of raya and the last dragon so we're going to give this a shot maybe it'll be stupid maybe it won't we'll see how it goes and that's that's all the preface and, i've got and for separate that.
1: and separate from that is that we're going to do the the actual comparison of the two compare a couple of different uh topics and, and themes of the of the two properties yeah, um, I don't oh. even
0: know. I don't even know if I introduced. That's a great point. After our review, I think we will get yeah. into that that sort of actual meat of of the podcast episode, yes. in which we're going to compare and contrast the two. Yes. Uh, oh, uh,
1: something real Avatar related, real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, the McFarlane figures. I pre-ordered a bunch of them, uh, which uh, they're pretty cheap right now. They're exclusively at Walmart. So far, they have Aang, Katara, Zuko, Sokka, and Appa. And these figures are fairly cheaper than their usual McFarlane action figures. Usual, usually McFarlane action figures are $19.99, 24 9 depending on the figure. Uh, but these are all nine ninety nine, except for the Oppa one, uh, which is fourteen ninety nine, which is fairly cheap. Is oh, he substantially there any... larger? Uh, yes. He's probably oh. the same size as the
0: Oppa one that I already have. So oh, have no Oppa, The one that makes the noise when you... Roll his yeah. wheels, yeah, mm-hmm. adorable.
1: That's awesome. uh, so I saw. Pre- I pre-ordered those. You guys can pre-order yours from Walmart right now. Go support uh, your non local <laughs> Go support this multi-billion-dollar conglomerate that, for some reason, has the audacity to say they're hiring people in your neighborhood, but won't put more than one person on the register. <laughs>
0: At first, you said, go support your... And I thought you were referring to (laughs) McFarlane. I was like, wow, Chris knows a lot about McFarlane. (laughs) All I know is they do sports figures sometimes. They Uh, were very popular for doing sports figures, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that was a huge thing in like the late mid to late 90s. Sports figures just went insane. I don't feel like you had to be good to have a sports figure made of you. That's not a good sign. But (laughs) anyway... (laughs) McFarland sports figures. Thanks for the update. Go go support support Walmart. I I guess. <laughs> those, go, those Waltons, the Walton family, could
1: really use your your money.
0: So I I know I'm gonna get us off on a tangent before we even start. I have one friend who I would consider, I would consider a a a, a staunch, maybe even moderately extreme liberal, but he has a full time job at Walmart. And on, he, uh, on one hand, he swears by their treatment of their full-time employees as a company, and I was like, "Oh yeah, really?" And he's like, "Yeah, you know, as far as like if you're a full-time employee yeah, yeah. and how it's going." But he's like, "The only issue is that that doesn't usually or always trickle down to stores and how stores operate <laughs> and get around making people full-time employees and horrible, awful things that they're." Happened to the majority of their employees in, in a uh, working around the system sense, so to speak. I so. mean, we we both worked. I feel like we have an interesting
1: uh, thought behind it because because some people are are one thing. I'm a fairly liberal person. That's not important. Uh, but some people are like really really liberal. They're like, screw all the mega companies and stuff. Which you can believe that. Like, you want that's perfectly fine. I have nothing against you believing that. Um, I'm not but an I eco- have...
0: I'm not an economics <laughs> professor. I can't tell you how that large or small scale <laughs> impacts the community. <laughs> but
1: like we have an interesting or least, I mean, we I think I feel like we have an interesting background because we worked in retail. We worked for a billion dollar company. Granted, it was it was worth like one point five billion at its highest peak, maybe three. But it was, was a three? billion dollar. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe was more important than the
0: billion though is just the number <laughs> of retail outlets, yeah. like the, the like vast number fourth,
1: of- 4,000 stores across the world, right? Yeah, so uh, even
0: if you set aside the money, like it was corporate yeah. retail.
1: Yeah, and also we've worked, right, you worked in stores. I worked retail. I worked at Walmart for a year. I used to work at, I worked at plenty of places. I mean, my mom has worked in retail her whole life. She works at Walmart right now. Um, she first worked at Mervyn's, then she worked at Sears. What and is I think Mervin's? Walmart I'm will... familiar with that. Oh, it was, it was uh, a department store it's okay. closed <laughs> of course just like serious that's closed. uh that <laughs> but is anyway, a given but yeah, we yeah, but we have a interesting like i have an interesting point of view on it it's just like all right well i know the ins and outs of of kind of working like at the corporate office right you you're making like prices and stuff and and, and lots of things that you do negatively impacts the workers down the line but you're just like oh well, like I gotta, Hands you gotta tied you know, essentially, yeah. and it's it's nothing like d- that dimensional. But it's like I gotta change this price on this one shoe, and because I change this price, it's gonna make someone have to work overtime to go and change those prices physically. <laughs> and right.
0: to us, when you're seeing when you see a, a one dollar change on a shoe because it gets you to that number that that you're supposed to be hitting, but to the people in the store, it's like. I have to go spend X number of hours for a dollar on a shoe. A dollar. Um, Yeah, interesting. Uh, Long story short, hey, Walmart, not all good or not all bad like everything else in life. We'll go super arbitrary and ambiguous like that. So if you want to get your McFarlane figures from there. You do that, no judgment from us that's, either way. It's the only
1: place you can get it apparently off or off that's, of eBay afterwards, but either say, way, that's... Walmart's making
0: that money. That's outrageous <laughs> that Walmart has an exclusive right on this yeah. T V show's McFarlane that, figures. That's I'm so weird. I'm actually surprised they
1: have a Walmart exclusive. I would have thought that McFarlane would have branched that out to everybody. Usually they do. They don't but well, the only things they have exclusives to are just like very niche, like, oh this one Variant copy of of this action figure specific, is only exclusive to Target. Yeah, not a
0: whole line that yeah. is very. That's like a Walmart, must have, thing Walmart
1: must have put in a big bid for it or something.
0: Yeah, and, and I wonder guaranteed how many to
1: order a bunch of product.
0: I I guess that's good that Walmart's excited about Avatar. Yeah. That's a good I can't,
1: sign. I'm more so excited for when they start doing Legend Core action figures because. I don't have any core action figures. They haven't like Avatar, uh Diamond Sled used to do the action figures and those are pretty okay, good action figures, but they lost that license. But Diamond Sled never got to doing Cora. So now McFarlane's pretty much doing the same exact figures that <laughs> the Diamond Sled did, they're
0: just redoing them their own way. Because money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh well, hey, maybe when the Cora figures come along they'll be they'll be less expensive. So I suppose that's pretty exciting. <laughs>
1: I know $10 is pretty cheap for uh, a figure at
0: this day and age. Yeah, so. Which is. I've been spending way too much money on matched figures lately. Way too it's, much money. I like how you said that quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Life i I, is I was going to say, I don't know how deep a sleeper she is. I feel like you've told me before that she is a lighter sleeper than you, so I get the whispering. Yeah.
1: Well, and she's like two stories above me right now,
0: <laughs> and that makes it even dumber than I'm whispering. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, well, that's exciting that Walmart's excited about Avatar. That's maybe weirdly good omen in its own right. But yeah. uh, I, let's let's try to get to this review, uh, Chris. Oh I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you lead right. the way, and I'll try to shut my mouth. And audience, if you hate how we're doing this, let us know. Or if you love it, that's also good, too. But essentially, live recording of a raw objective geek review with some other guy who will try not to input his opinion too much. Okay. Uh, All
1: right. So, in objective review, we, in this case, will break a movie down into six categories and assign weights to them. Uh, Those weights are decided depending on the genre. So, if you're an action movie you get weighted more towards action, and if you're a comedy, you get weighted more towards comedy. So those six, categor- those six categories are story, emotion, action, comedy, acting, and directing, which directing is kind of just all-encompassing sort of how the movie came together. It could be behind the scenes, essentially. Um, so we'll just you know kind of go through, rate each one, one through ten, and then come out with a weighted average score by the end of it
0: just for the record just for the record i did not wait our averages together i just did your score my score presuming that your score would be (laughs) useful and important and then we could cut it off before my score if it's real bad so that's how i did that all right uh i assume we can start with the first category of story um Do you uh do you want to give any kind of official review introduction or introduction oh, to, to the, the movie? S- the or... synopsis of it. Yeah. Uh, so also we that's, might... that's where I would start I the video. Like we so we, like we, a, we uh, might
1: spoil it a little. I mean, I'm sure anyone's wanting like... to watch us watch it, by I, I don't think I need to spoil it that much.
0: Whatever, we'll spoil give, it. Give a give a give a light uh, a light synopsis yeah. and that's where we'll we'll start our official Okay. Uh, uh, so so... uh three, <laughs> two, one Long ago,
1: five nations lived together in harmony. Then everything changed when the Druin attacked. Only the dragon, master of random powers and elements, could stop them. But when the world needed the most, they were turned into stone. And that's essentially 500 years later, Raya believes a new dragon can save the world. And even though Sisu is powerful, she has a lot to learn. But Raya believes the last dragon can save everyone.
0: the greatest movie synopsis I think Raya. I've ever heard. <laughs> We're talking about Raya, the last Raya and the Last Dragon. If you can't tell, yes. this is the uh, the official quote unquote. I don't know if we do anything that's not official. Avatar: The Last Podcasters <laughs> Review of Raya. And the last dragon, Chris. The way I set this up is, I put all your ratings on one slide, and then I put all my ratings on the next Sounds slide. Good. I figured let's spend way more time on yours, which will be intelligent yeah. and thought out, and then I'll give mine as an afterthought. And <laughs> that's that'll be our Ryan the last dragon review. Sound all right?
1: Sounds fine enough. Excellent. All right. So with uh, so first off, with story, I the story was fine to me. Um, the I might guess the story was good. There's a certain moral to the story that I thought was well, done well enough. Or I think it had it contradicted itself often. The moral of the story is that sort of has to keep trusting in in people, trusting humanity, and that's the way that we're gonna have a, a better future, a better world if if you continue to try and trust people. Now the thing is throughout the movie is that they contradict that so many <laughs> so many times. I mean by the end of the movie. You get that point is reinforced, but throughout it's just like you know, I'm not sure I'll be so trustful of, of people. Um, I I like the sentiment of it. If, if you look at it as keep your trust in humanity, not necessarily keep your trust in an individual person, I could really buy that along with the story, which I think that's kind of what they're going for. Because to me, I, I don't have that type of patience for, for people. Like uh, you know, J Cole has a as a rap lyric that, that which it's like a same thing as a the quote that people say, right? Like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. J Cole's lyric is, fool me once. Wait, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, I can't put the blame on you. Fool me three times, f the peace sign, pull the chopper out which is a gun and let it rain on you, <laughs> uh, which is a, you know,
0: uh, that's a pretty heavy handed for, strike three, J Cole
1: <laughs> for, yeah, very, I mean, <laughs> um, and so this, I feel like that happens. Then <laughs> this, I had like, nah, I can't, can't trust that person. But anyway, but story, I do like the antagonist, uh, the protagonist, uh, Riya. I feel like she's a pretty strong protagonist. Um, I like her I don't know her connections with her with the father, and she does have an arc herself, so that's done uh, fairly well. But I think the moral of the story really pushes the most so it gets an eight out of ten. That's his uh emotion. Thought emotion was fine. Um, which I think was serviceable and it really I think kicked up a little bit there towards the end. It's a couple of different reunions. Um and I think I think Raya's father who is voiced by, I want to say Daniel Dae Kim is his name. He is the voice. He does, he's done several voices in Avatar series. He voiced, I think his name is General Fong, who in the episode Avatar, the Avatar State, where he tries to get Aang to go into the Avatar State.
0: The guy who's like, supposed to be on our side, but he's also a jerk. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. Uh, he also voices Hiroshi Sato, uh, Asami's father. So I really like his, his voice. He's my choice to play Fire Lord, um, Ozai, in a live-action version. So hopefully he gets that chance. He's, you know, he's pretty... He's worked with Mike and Bron- Well, Mike and is Bron- no longer working on live-action adaption. But he has... He has history in Avatar. I think they would be foolish not to hire him if he wanted the job. But he also, I mean, to me, he... He has, like, the cheekbones of Fire Lord Ozai. <laughs> like, when, like, when you first see Fire Lord Ozai, it's a really interesting look because he, he, cause he looks so regal, right? Like, this is the first time we see him. Like, you're expecting, like, the toughest-looking BA guy, but instead he's, like, he has very slick hair. He has, like, dominant features and stuff. He's If you he didn't know any better, he would just be, like, a handsome-looking man. It's a very like upright to- <laughs> look. Yeah. Uh, anyway, emotion gets a seven point five out of ten. All right, action. Uh, really, there's only like two action sequences in here, and it's really the same two people. It's Raya um, versus what is her name again? Namari. Namari. Am I saying that right though? Perhaps. Um, Perhaps which, not. Which I think, <laughs> which I think, those fight scenes were done, you know, fairly well. I really like Raya's weapon. I like the a difference kind of between the two and how the two fight. But they were just okay at the to see because I wasn't ever just like giddy with the action. Like I can always kind of sort of an out-of-body experience when I witness like great action. Like I think to myself, wow, this is really good. I'm enjoying it. Like there's a certain uh adrenaline push when I, when I get good action. I didn't get that at all. And so action gets seven out of ten. On to comedy. I think I really only found... The uh, <laughs> well, how how did Raya describe the baby?
0: She, I don't she remember, but I'm gonna agree that the uh, a,
1: a crooked baby, no, a no, man, there's some you're but you're, she, she you're worded... essentially
0: referencing a single line, yeah, there's so a single movie. line, yeah. but that's what
1: I call it. I forget. anyway, uh, that baby was funny for a, a few scenes. Um, on the flip side, of the comedy. Sometimes comedy can backfire, and I feel like sometimes it does that in, in this movie. Especially they they use a lot of modern references or, or modern uh, phrases and, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, which that takes me out of the movie because when they're trying to be funny with it. But it's, it's the not one funny where the also, big
0: fella it's... says something about like I'd like to join you in this butt kickery, and it's in like all the previews and the commercials, and it's not funny at all. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> and it's I've heard it a hundred times, and I hate it every time. <laughs>
1: yeah. But yeah, uh, that was that was then all right. Uh, so I think comedy is kind of a detriment. So uh, six and a half out of ten. Acting, I thought everyone's fairly serviceable. I like the actress who plays Raya. Of course, I like Diane de Kim, I like he wasn't in it all that much um I just wasn't you probably did not like Aquafina, but she was serviceable. she she has such she has such a it's gonna sound rude uh peculiar i guess is better than word i gonna think of i don't say annoying voice um but sometimes annoying voices are annoying for a
0: for a reason. <laughs> like to um, an effect, to an end. Yeah. Annoying, like, I imagine you know, it's, in her defense annoying's not the like it's not the right I think I think peculiar Yeah is, we're not, is fine. I I'm not gonna bash on Aquafina who is a tremendously talented human by any means. But yeah, there's something about like the oddness of the voice having an end. Yeah. But she sounds like
1: she has a tiny little frog in her throat that's not bothering do her, her. Do you remember just the movie in Bolt?
0: There. She sounds like yes. the cat in Bolt. Do you by chance know who plays I do
1: the... remember. I do not remember the cat in Bolt. I just remember that Miley Cyrus voice, the girl in Bolt. I like Bolt.
0: Bolt's a good movie. Um, I'm going to find out who played the cat just because I'm curious, but uh, it's not important, but I'm going to find out. That was a good movie. I watched nice. it in, in, yeah, in theaters.
1: No, I did not watch it. I watched it at my. Anyway, not important. Alright, so acting, fairly serviceable. Gives 7.5 out of 10. Directing, I did not put a a 9.5. That must have been a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Was it 8.5? I think it was (laughs)
0: 8.5. It could have been. This isn't that great, Sean. Now, in my Uh, defense, the way that you sent over your ratings was borderline illegible. (laughs) That's fine. You did an 8.5. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought
1: the animation... Okay, it's it's great animation, no doubt about that. Uh, some of the scenes with the water was absolutely great. Like it, it had this good realism sense to it. Um, but I am admittedly getting bored with Pixar and Disney. This wasn't a Pixar movie. I'm sorry. Um, same difference. You anyway, know, I'm getting kind of borderline bored with Disney animation, which I'm I'm so happy with new movies coming out like Spider Man Into the Spider Verse or Mitchell's versus the machines or the Lego movie, those things that I think are just pushing the animation genre forward. And they're not just resting on what's worked in the past. Like it's, it's new and inventive and so, but I still can't complain about the animation. It's because it's, it's good
0: animation. It's just not uh, all that thrilling. It's, it's it's just like Disney. (laughs) It's Disney's Pixar look. Of yeah. 3D models and characters and Yeah.
1: Um, I will say I do love the character designs. Um I think the dragon character designs are okay. Um but I do love Raya's design. I love a lot of the individual characters designs. Uh even though one of them is a complete, complete rip off of Korra, and we'll get into that later. But can't wait. <laughs> um and some of the music was done uh, fairly fairly fine enough. And uh yeah, so directing gets an eight and a half out of ten, not a nine and a half. I did the Cocoa. I did do
0: the math. I got your number right in the sheet and your math checks out here. So it's just okay, literally good. me making a typo my bad. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Uh which I
1: watched Coco the other day and cried again. <laughs> gets me. <all> the time. <laughs> my dog <laughs> we we're for sermon to watch. I mean, I was like, oh, we should watch Coco. And I was like, yeah, let's watch a movie that uh, that I've never not been able to cry in. Or I, I've never, whatever. I've never not cried. And she's like, you cried in Coco? And then I thought to myself, well, I've done a good job of hiding that I've cried and all this time that I'll watch this movie with her. <laughs> but yeah, the end there just never. If it doesn't warm, part...
0: warm your heart up a little bit, then, you know, are so you alive?
1: I cried the first time I watched it. I cried in in two times. The one time when uh they're both trapped in that underground kind of place, right? And then uh Hector's like, I just wanted to see my Coco. And then he they do a quick flashback. And like and that was more of a, a cry of like happiness like oh and they figure out that they're family. I'm like, "Oh, that's that's just beautiful. That's great. They're the family." So, I only cried in, in that scene once. But the end cause always gets me cuz it's just kind of like one continuous Thing right, and so Miguel is trying is trying to get Coco to remember Hector, and uh, and you know, he plays for her, and then and then uh, and then finally he, he plays and then she starts singing with him, and every the family is crying because you know she's been you know losing it a little bit you know she's not as as as, as uh, they all there as she was and they're crying. Because their grandmother, because you know their mother, the the patriarchal family is is coming out and she's she's active and stuff, and also they're crying because like oh she's remembering her her father and then now she's telling her story and then Miguel is crying because he's like yes I did it like Hector's not gonna be forgotten, and so that's that always uh, hits me at the heartstrings, and then uh, when you know Miguel says like he loved you and it's just like oh that's so. And then and then it flash forwards a year and then, you know, they have their other quinceanera that comes. Not quinceanera, I'm sorry. <laughs> quinceanera is it's a 15-year-old birthday. Um, uh, they have their other uh, Day of the Dead, which I don't know how to say in Spanish. I'm sure you do. De la Muertos?
0: Dia de los Muertos, yeah.
1: Dia de la Muertos, okay. And then, you know, they put their pictures on the ofrenda. And then they they put Coco's picture on there, and like that hits me just a little bit because oh she passed away, and then back in the day in the land of the dead, and Hector is gives Hulk gives Coco a big kiss, a big hug, and like oh that oh. and like so it's just like one, and then they go and they're able to go back, and they see Miguel like playing his guitar, and they're all dancing around and stuff, and then Hector takes like a ghost guitar from them, they're all just having this nice happy time and Coco's with her daughter. The whole thing just freaking wrecks me. <laughs> Every single time. It's just like a hit after hit. Like I remember sitting in the movie theater for some reason, I'm sure I took the day off because I do this I used to do this all the time. Just take the day off and go see a movie. I was sitting in the movie theater by myself, it was the middle of the day, and I was just like crying, just just tears coming down my face. Just alone sitting in the movie theater to a point where I'm just like Am I crying this hard? Like, I, I, it's not that I don't, it's not that I'm ever startled that I'm crying in a movie because I cry in plenty of movies. It's just the how, so I started like laughing to the point of hysteria. Like, I can't believe I'm crying like this. And uh, it was a crazy, surreal moment. Anyway. Then some I guy comes
0: in to sweep the floors. Is like, Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> Yeah.
1: <sighs> I'm okay.
0: I'm okay. You, okay. Right now, you're like Will Smith <laughs> pretending that he's not crying in the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. That's what you are right yeah. now. Uh, hey, if you don't feel something during Coco, you probably just don't like to be entertained at all. But uh, no. <laughs> tre- tremendous movie. <laughs> Worth- I don't remember how we got here, but go watch Coco. It's amazing.
1: I don't. Oh, I think I was talking about the animation.
0: I feel like the animation,
1: even though Coco is a Pixar film, I feel like they took the animation up a notch. Some because there were just certain scenes they just jumped out, like that bridge of the Day of the Dead. Seeing uh, Miguel played the guitar and how much emphasis they put on the actual movements of it. A lot of it was done uh, so well.
0: Anyway, go and watch Coco. The depiction of the afterlife in Coco is so much more mm-hmm. interesting than any other yeah. depiction. Soul included. No offense, soul fans. Um, not meant to just do yeah. but uh, I I just I thought so was fine. It's, I never need to watch Soul again. I was disappointed because
1: everyone hyped it up. And sometimes, you know, I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes, you know, the culture, the black culture, will hype up something because you know we we don't get a lot of stuff all the time, right? So when we get something, we're gonna <laughs> go hype it up. Uh, and so I watched it kind of after the fact. I was like, oh man, this one this one was kind of it wasn't a miss, but no, my just, expectations it's a fine movie weren't weren't met. <laughs> like, we, like we hyped in Black Panther and I love Black Panther like I'll hype it up with you with everybody but uh but sometimes we get one that we, you know we, we shouldn't be uh you know not it's not that we shouldn't
0: hype it up it's just that it's a be big real deal it. that it's in a Disney Pixar and it was a good not great yeah. movie it's I'll watch it again it's just not I mean yeah whatever I would, but now this depiction of the afterlife is. is so I keep thinking of the Slumdog Millionaire <laughs> skit from a season. Sorry, Chris, you must be hyped up all this soul stuff, right? The, <laughs> every other movie but Slumdog Millionaire. That's us. <laughs> we, We're uh, wiping people with our That's such a great skit. But you know what? The, the feeling I get from Soul is a similar feeling. This is my segue into how I felt about Riot the Last Dragon is that there was a, a lot of hype. I was very excited, mm. and I just came out like, okay, good. That's how I felt yeah. about the whole thing. So let's get into my ratings here. I was pretty big on the story. I thought it told a really nice story. Um, Chris, I'm going to preface this by saying I don't want to demean your rating system that I have no credibility in. So I actually went to whole numbers. I found it slightly less like me trying to abuse <laughs> your well-thought-out, well-crafted ratings. So whole numbers for me. Story was in nine out of ten. I thought that what they're the story they were trying to tell, the lessons they were trying to tell, and you even said it. The lesson here being, you, you trusting in an individual human, and that's gonna braver and waken and stuff. But you can't let that affect your big picture view. I like latched onto that right away. Loved it. Mm. That was great. And that I'm gonna tie that into emotion too. It kind of hit me in a in a big moral place. Um, especially you know we've kind of gone through a turbulent year in this movie and some of its themes might 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 be fitting for the year that we have gone through some of those themes of trust and humanity across the board so it hit me right for those uh action was was good really good even where it was the in-between fight scenes so you know sometimes we lump it into fight scenes when we're doing avatar things but you know there's no. there's certainly more to it too like escaping the drone. yeah yeah, pronouncing yeah. right some of those yeah. in between where it's not just dialogue or character interaction but those other types of action scenes i thought it did uh really well with those maybe just not quite enough of them comedy was just meh very average if 7 is like a you know a c grade mentioned a lot of it was forced uh or that i didn't like the baby and the monkeys were just like a plot just a plot device that wasn't really all that amusing to me but sort of also lumping into comedy general charm it was generally charming and that like it would have been way worse but if overall it just wasn't kind of so charming and it makes me smile way i probably would have scored it lower but it's not a funny movie by any means acting i was not real pleased with it already <laughs> kind of complained about uh aquafina um i think that the big fella i forget his name but the big fella wasn't real crazy about him so some of the Too
1: stereotypical tra-
0: yeah, some of the choices, uh, directorially and in the voice actors, were were not great, but there was nothing that was really bad that it was like off putting. So I felt like seven was appropriate there. And I really liked, um, the main antagonist, whose name now I forgot, and, and Raya herself. I thought they were both good. Raya's dad, I really liked him. So by and large, good. Betty White was like a weird inclusion because it's really hard to see Betty White as a small Asian woman because you know it's Betty White. And then, I knew it was
1: Betty White. I didn't have to go look at the. You know, know it immediately, and you
0: just that feels out of place to me. I'm like, why is that? It could have been any cute old lady. That's not whatever. It's fine. And then directing, I, I'm going to lump in some of these other sort of poor choices, that that are not poor choices. These things that I don't like in these other places, I'm going to lump into directing. And then I also felt like it was maybe a little too uh, a little too heavy handed. Uh a little too predictable, things like that that I felt like that falls under the directing scope. Hopefully I'm not misinterpreting your use of these categories too horribly, but I uh, mm-hmm. felt like it uh, the missed potential sort of is where I put stuff under uh directing. So overall that left me at a eight point one. So like it's still a good movie. I didn't uh love it, but I really liked it. If that's it's a it's a B minus movie, I'm fine with that. Okay. And that's the Avatar the Last Podcaster's official, super hyper-official, very credible review of Ryan and the Last Dragon. Hopefully we didn't spoil anything too badly for you. We'd love to hear your feedback if you watched the movie and or liked or disliked it. Chris, any final thoughts on Ryan and the Last Dragon? Uh, no, because we're again to a lot more thoughts. Yeah, If you want to see our full thoughts, you have to go watch the entire podcast episode. So go do that. Alright, thanks for watching our review of Ryan and the Last Dragon. And uh Oh, we're Good. gonna cut this out. Cut, gonna... yeah. Oh, okay. okay, cut. Yeah, cut, cut right okay. there. And but yes. normal podcast people hang on with us through the whole thing, thanks for sticking with us through that bit. We'll see how that goes. If we hate it or love it. It's worth a shot. But let's get to the actual again, the meat sort of of the episode, the crux of this episode, which is a little comparison Ooh. between Raya, Raya and <clears throat> and Avatar, yeah, just Avatar in general. Um, I, know, I keep saying Ryan and My bad. Eh, we're not just, yeah. we're not comparing mm-hmm. two just two character female characters. That's on me. Yeah. So in this, we're going to compare a couple different topics.
1: We're going to compare the backstories, the Asian or diverse uh, influences within both of them, the character designs. Um, The morals of the story, some of the fighting or elemental magic comparisons. Um, Dragons, because I just want to talk about dragons, because I I know Sean has strong opinions on dragons. And then uh, just how to compare some of the relationships, i.e., wait, no, I'm sorry. Compare some of the relationships, e.g., Khorasami. Well (laughs) done. Yeah. Define relationship chorosami. That's what... <laughs> that,
0: well, okay. That's not a bad if,
1: if if I was if I was trying to use IE in the in the process. No, yeah. that,
0: that actually I'm okay with if you want to define relationships <laughs> that way, I'm I'm fine with that.
1: All right, so backstory. <laughs> I think this is so let me just say in general that you know, when when trailers first came out for *Ride and the Last Dragon*, so many people, including myself, was like, "Well, I wasn't that harsh on it." Anyway, a lot of people were like, "Oh, this just seems like an *Avatar: Last Airbender* ripoff." And you know, most time when I go to movies, I'm just like, "You know, just let the movie breathe or let it tell its own story." And I don't think it is an *Avatar: Last Airbender* ripoff. I think there sure are some influences there, um, but I, I don't see it. I think it's a, its own thing. But I do think there's a lot of Little things to compare and contrast. They have they have a lot of kind of overlap, if you will. Now, one of the biggest overlaps that that is probably the biggest influence is the back story, right?
0: Because you you have nations. The way that Um, you introduced it in the (laughs) review was pretty revealing, and that it's. I mean, it's not like a one to one, but for such a For such a quick take, it was very accurate. Uh, Strong parallels, maybe that's what we'll say.
1: So, you know, you, you have something that happened. You have groups of different people, right? The four nations, the five lands. They used to live together. Then something happened, they broke up. And you know this, these mystical figures who was once the protector large political
0: <laughs> geopolitical entities is like a relationship. Like they bad stuff happened, they broke up, and off again on again kind of way. Yeah.
1: Um. You know these, these mystical figures are supposed to save the day, but they vanished, <laughs> and only one is left. And, and so you know how Angus, the last Airbender, got the last dragon. Those are are, are very similar things. Now, I think in terms of 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 how the nations are done. One thing, I'm, also, I'm going to be biased because I love Avatar, but I'll try to be real, real here. Avatar handles the four nations in such a different, more dynamic way. And granted, Avatar has sixty episodes to do this, and then you add it on core on top of that, right? But the nations, Comic books, everything, it all right. it all helps. Yeah, but I think even early on, like you get a sense of the difference between the four nations, right? Aang is like, I'm a simple monk. Like You get the sense the airbenders were a simple people. Right? They're, they're defined. Um, waterbenders, they're defined. Firebenders, they're kind of defined. And then, you know, earthbenders are, are defined. There's... You just get the sense that these different nations have a, a character uh, of themselves. And that was, I think, kind of missing from Raya from and the Last Dragon. Or maybe... It was done purposely, you know, to show they like, hey, maybe we're not all we're not all that different at all. Um, but I, I think I kind of would have. There was a little bit of that, right? Because you had the fangs, who were, who were more te- technologically, technologically. Uh, no, they weren't technological. They were just they just had better infrastructures and like They're- better buildings and so they're richer they appear to be
0: richer there wasn't as strong of distinctions between them so like on one hand it felt to me like we and we kind of talked before the show i hope i'm articulating this okay it felt like a nice representation of say the the continent of asia being a massive continent that spans a, you know a mm. number of different i'm, I'm forgetting like uh, geographies and climates like geographies and climates and it did that, but it, at the same time, it was more like just like a continental Asia versus where Avatar it really does feel like you've spanned something closer to the globe almost. So it true, just didn't have that, Very true. Very true. Didn't have as sort of big, interesting distinction. So maybe that makes it slightly more grounded to at Asia. I, I don't know even where I'm trying to go with that, but it's a no, difference between the two. I think, that, I think that's two. a good. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, when you when you have
1: people. That all live within the same country or continent. I don't know how big the landmass is of this land here. They're going to be relatively the same, right? They're kind of the same race. But you felt like the the Fire Nation and the Air Nomads were completely different races. They did. You felt like and very, then, and also the you know, the Air. <laughs> you I mean you could see character-wise that the Water Tribes were a different race of people, and that kind of helped to to differentiate
0: between uh, the, the different nations. I think, I do think that that amount of material facilitates that and makes that possible. But, you know, Avatar does a really good job of like distinguishing out of the gate, like episode one, we've got opposite ends of the spectrum in Avatar, the last airbender. So <laughs> um, I think length of material helps, but it, again, Avatar comes out of the gate swinging with those distinctions. Yeah. With that diversity. Uh, all right.
1: So, do uh, you have anything to say about kind of the
0: backstory
1: or anything on a lot that? Of, a
0: lot of overlap and parallels.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A yeah, lot. A lot of it. Um, I mean, I, I guess some difference between the world is that it's just not you know one person, right? With, with the avatar, um, and uh, but that, yeah, that that makes the Avatar a little bit. Better, maybe a little bit more
0: legendary, I guess. Yeah, I um, like that. I like that. I mean, there is. It's not just one person, uh, but there again, maybe that makes it it a more grounded feel as opposed to a, a yeah. sort of legendary status avatar thing. Maybe that's intentional yeah, or, right. or not.
1: All right, uh, so next up, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the kind of Asian influence or just the whole kind of verse influence. Now, Ryan the Last Dragon pulled uh, kind of pull more from just East East Asian uh, influence um, and I feel like that's one of the biggest differences here between that and and the avatar world is that oftentimes a lot of people do think of the avatar world as like oh all these Asian characters and that's completely in these Asian cultures and that's completely wrong right because avatar spans really the whole entire globe except for Europe <laughs> like they touch. Everywhere except for
0: Europe, and that's and, fine. Yeah, that's 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 great. Uh, <laughs> Every other TV show, but Avatar: The Last Airbender, that's us. Yeah,
1: and Cosby Show,
0: that's us. <laughs> but
1: back when people used to brag about their love of the Cosby Show, no. So. <laughs> oh man, dang. Okay, um, Clippers are up seven now. Clips <laughs> came back. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Wow, PG must be
0: mad. Yeah.
1: Anyway. So that's one of the biggest differences here. Although, even if I feel like, even if I just zoned in on Avatars, just the influence of of this East Asian influence, they did, I think, such a a better job. Uh, Which sounds weird because it's two white guys. And I'm, actually, I don't know the director behind... Orion, no the Last Dragon*, or the writers behind it. I have
0: look that and up. And I never did. I'm uh, not even gonna pretend like no, I did. Okay.
1: <laughs> but but *Avatar*, I feel like it's it's in the bones, right? It's in the bending. It's in, it's in their, their wardrobe. It's in the buildings.
0: I'm gonna uh, go back to episode it. episode one. You see a like distinctly darker skinned color people in a frozen tundra, like living in igloos. With minimal weaponry, there's no men around whatsoever, and you get attacked by you know these sci-fi looking steampunk warships, with a again like distinctly lighter skin tone of person. Um, like I just, and it, this is episode one, and just it's immediate where you where you feel these sort of opposite ends of the spectrum even meeting right out of the gate, and that's something that probably wouldn't have. I wouldn't have noticed you know two or three years ago but the more and more we talk about it the more and more I am impressed of how quickly they relay that message or relay that part of the yeah. story and and
1: I'm sure that I am missing um, that I'm missing things from or not putting up emphasis on things that Ryan the Last Dragon did that really uh, just emphasize that, that Asian uh, influence there so if I do miss anything go ahead and, uh, and tell me let me know
0: um. Yeah. Uh, other. Uh, even the type. Well, you know, we'll get to this later, and I'm gonna embarrass myself. But like, even the type of dragon uh, that that Sisu mm. is, and stuff like was yeah. derived from a specific type of dragon, in Chinese lore, and maybe the, that's one of those where it's mm. like, okay, okay I, I, that's good. I just happened to read that. Maybe Avatar's dragons were very possibly derived from something, you know, from a specific type. So things that we don't know on both sides, but yeah.
1: All right. So, uh, nets up, uh, character designs, uh, not including the dragons. This is where there's a certain scene, right? When, when this is where I feel like Ryan, the last dragon, uh, does the most cheating off of <laughs> legend of Korra. Uh, when Ryan has a kid, she has her hair and two loopies right here and a ponytail. Sounds very familiar. She's wearing a blue shirt, a sleeveless blue shirt, but she has darker blue sleeves. <laughs> like, that is just a complete rip-off of Korra. <laughs> like, there's no way around it. That is just like, who... It's That had to be intentional, because there's no way that someone in who was doing the designs wasn't like, that looks like Cora, And then someone had been like, no, it doesn't.
0: Like They would have they had to know that it looked exactly like court. Somebody, at least one person involved in the creation of this movie mm-hmm. prior to <laughs> its release, had to look and think to themselves. That's very familiar.
1: Yeah.
0: I can't put my finger like, on it. I'm surprised it even passed legal.
1: <laughs> like you know you know how like at you know at Payless, right? They come out with a shoe. They have to take the shoe to legal. And the shoe has to get signed off on.
0: Based on a number <laughs> of stripes on a tennis shoe, <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, so yeah. yeah, and this we're talking about like I don't. It's, it's calling it rivals makes it sound like Nickelodeon's on the same level, and it's not. But like companies that aren't like buddies by any means would have every reason. Yeah. They're the competition. Yeah. yeah, would have every reason to be like, hey, you're you're infringing on our <laughs> you character. Steal here. that from us. In uh, the music, and Chris, you know more about the music industry than I do, but it feels like in the music industry, people get sued over way less, to me, way less egregious stuff. To me, it, it's laughable in the music industry, especially because music is, there's only so many notes. There's literally in, a in limited number world. of notes that a human can hear. <laughs> and every song that comes on like pop radio today, it sounds yeah. the same, but no, the music industry, it'll be like a riff. Right, it'll be a, yeah. it'll be a guitar riff that's pervasive across the song, and they'll be like, "You stole that from us!" But it's a, it's four notes. What do you want? yeah. <sighs> uh, yeah. It's a tangent. But no, they get away with like suing for way less than what we're talking about here.
1: Yeah, this is to me this is a blatant rip off. Um, but luckily, I think this is where the character designs uh, kind of uh, the the similarities between character designs stop. And after that after that they're they're both very much in, in a lot of ways Asian influence, but they just look a lot different, which is really cool right You can have uh two 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 uh properties both golf, both uh design characters off of Asian influence, but they still look like completely different kind of characters so uh, I found that to be uh, to be enjoyable for both of them. I think both of them have great character designs for for uh, kind of all the characters.
0: We, we touched on it in our sort of official review that work, the design of characters in general may be growing a little tired, but that does not mean it's not good and extremely detailed and very attractive to look at in Raya. And then obviously I've, I'm i always going to be a 2D over 3D guy video games uh, and, and any kind of animated CG not What am I looking for? Anything that's not live action, I'm always going to be 2D over 3D. Um, So obviously I have a very biased, stilted preference for the Avatar universe, but beautifully designed characters and everything in Raya the Last Dragon.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, And then on to the moral of the story. And this is the, the hardest thing to... To, I think, compare it because you're... Because Avatar Last Airbender doesn't just have one moral of the story. but <laughs> like, there's so many morals to take away. Um And Ryan the Last Dragon, it's pretty clear what that moral is. is like, keep trusting in, in humanity. Which I feel like there's certain morals in the Avatar, certain lessons that are kind of like that, right? So, Angus often talking about how, like, I, I think people deserve to have a uh, given second chance. Like, even when Zuko even that scene in the blue spirit where angus like you think we could be friends like angus continually trying to give people the second chance that they that thinks they
0: uh, deserve i don't know if i use the phrase right i say heavy handed sometimes i don't know if i'm using it quite right but that's what i mean here with with raya when i say heavy handed it means like I'm, what i'm trying to get across is that it feels like they're really punching that theme in there really hard like you could have it in there maybe more organically or, or maybe have multiple morals like real life is where it's ne- you're never just dwelling on one thing like that, I guess that feels more like avatar avatar the the original avatar the last airbender. Yes. The way that it wraps up, as you've mentioned, does kind of come to a point, uh, but it's organic and they didn't just beat us beat it in our heads for 60 episodes um, you know, it's sort of underlying, yeah. pervasive. But so when I call it heavy handed, I again not knowing for sure if that's the right praise or not. But that's what I'm getting at. in Raya is that it feels like it's really pushing that one that one thing. It is very it, hard.
1: Yeah, yeah there's <laughs> you. You could watch the first, you know, 30 minutes of this film and get a sense without you know how it ends and be like, oh, well, the moral of the story is that I keep trusting people.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, because
0: they bring up trust. Uh, a lot, a lot. You might miss yeah, out on miss some it. of the roller coaster yeah. nuance ups and downs of trusting humans, but you're gonna come away with that right idea. Yeah.
1: Um, okay, so uh, next up is is fighting and in, is in sort of fighting slash mixing of the elements of magic. Uh, I'll first start with elements of magic. They introduce elements of magic in Raya and the Last Dragon, and I thought it was done. Piss poorly, to be honest. Like, like she, she, she gets. You know, she, uh, Sisu gets the gems of it. She's like, oh, well, this power. I, I randomly got this power in, of water. She, of, of making it rain, and she doesn't. She only does it to, to climb up a little bit, to travel. Like, oh, I got smoke, which is I don't know, air or something, and then, and then just shapeshifting. And there's no Earth, I guess. I don't know what are other magic powers... There was shapeshifting, smoke, water. I don't know what other ones were. Glowing, I guess. Uh, it, wish they stole that from the last dragon. Come on, now. You can't be like, oh, I got the glow. Like the last dragon. Well, they the were combining the last glow.
0: airbender and, and Raya and the last <laughs> dragon and, and <laughs> took some liberties. And they, and uh, yeah. The... It we're so used to, uh, you know, obviously we spend like an hour a week talking about this system of magic. I'm going to call it, we know it's bending, but I'm going to call it magic in this case. That's sort of very grounded in a pretty strong set of rules, which is part of what sets it apart from other, Mm -hmm. other stories, other animated things of the same ilk, or even other just fiction in general that uses magic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and whereas this Raya felt very much closer to like, like, Standard sort of arbitrary, ill-defined, a um, lot more gray areas. So we're—I mean—we're a little spoiled. This is very standard, very normal, but I agree that it doesn't feel nearly as good as what we are, talk about literally every week. Yeah,
1: and uh, and so as as for the fighting, it's it's so kind of amazing, honestly, when you think about the fighting in Avatar. I'm not talking about the the fighting with bending in it. Uh, like, just comparing the the non-bending fights... The martial to, artistry th- in general. Yes, uh, to, ...to the fighting, and there's, there seems to be a lot more martial arts in and, and, and Legend of and Korra and Avatar than there was here. None of these people have bending. It would have been a lot cooler, I think, for them to introduce those things. Like, Which makes me just appreciate the animation and the choreography <laughs> that... They went through in this show, in this in this kids show, like in and the budget that they had couldn't been all that great, especially compared to, you know, this movie. Granted, you know this this movie wasn't about fighting and stuff, but it's, I think a, I think a cool, I think it could have, I think a, a cool, you know, uh, scene similar to, to maybe, um, similar to burning uh, bo- the boiling rock right those are all non-benders or similar to how Zuko fall as a blue spirit you know escaping and stuff you know just those those really dynamic fight scenes i think would have helped out uh the the film
0: i think that i'm not gonna hold this one quite as much against i'm not gonna hold it against right quite as much because the fighting in Avatar The Last Airbender, it serves a different purpose or built in a different way. Like, like martial artistry is, is such a big part of mm. the universe because it's so, like, tangibly tied to bending. Whereas in Riot, it just is, it, it just is a thing, you know, it's just standalone martial artistry and fighting. And it doesn't have the same role in the story to me. So it's not nearly as good. But for some reason, I'm, like, I'm inclined, and I can't necessarily explain it, but I'm inclined to, like, not hold that against... Right in the last Dragon, it didn't lean on it as much so it didn't do as good of a job but it didn't uh, it's not like the whole movie was kind of built around it or anything like that whereas again in avatar the last airbender it's it's tied to bending it's tied to the core of what the show is um they what they did on again presumably at the beginning having I, I mean I I would have to guess a very small budget to make it yeah. animate as beautifully as it did was is is the pinnacle, not the expectation for for other things.
1: Yeah. Now, there is one thing that I really um, like about fighting, and that was Raya's sword. To me, that is the coolest weapon, I think, between any of the properties. Mm. Like, I, I would have liked to see someone... Like, who would you like to have seen have that sword
0: in Avatar? I mean, Sokka, obviously, but... Um... <laughs> You think or... he could handle the I don't think he has the <laughs> Eventually, yeah. It's... Uh if yeah, you want like virtual, but... uh, like a craft and cunning way, Zuko, of course. Uh yeah. if you want to make me mad just for funsies, I suppose you could say jet. I, mm. I think I think Zuko's the mm-hmm. obvious answer. That, I mean, I I just I like Sokka and mm-hmm. his approach to uh to sword play know. specifically, so I
1: that's... I could I could see Sokka if this was like a traditional water tribe weapon right cuz it sort of has this whip to it whip factor to it that that's like water right oh actually you know what i am going to go ahead and give it to Sagana about it it's it's very like com-
0: it would be like him graduating from a boomerang or his club to the next thing like this is the water tribe weapon the way yeah, you like handle it, it is like it's like a bender but you're not right this is what we do for not benders who exactly yeah uh, like I didn't. Whip I, didn't part, even, I can't take credit for you. I didn't think of that till just now. Yeah. But it is really cool that parallels.
1: But the, you know, the whip part would be like controlling water in its natural stance, right? It's very fluid and stuff, emotion-y, But then you you structure it into a sword, and it's like you have ice. It's mm-hmm. now, it's now this solid thing,
0: right? So yeah. So it also makes more sense to me as a weapon than some of. And well, I, I'm just gonna come out and say it, is that Jet's weapons piss me off and i know you tried to make the case and you were probably right just weapons Uh, are cool they are not they're dumb Just a cool character something like this no jeff for president (laughs) why do you hate me the (laughs) (laughs) no this this makes much more sense as like a like a highly skilled but unique and different like you sit at home someday you not you chris but you the the what's the word, the proverbial all of you, sit at home someday, see if you can craft up a different weapon that's unique and special and makes up any like, makes any sense whatsoever because you, you can't do it but this one did, it's very unique and exciting to watch. I would have loved to see this in
1: Avatar. Oh, who who in, in Legend of Korra do you think uh, would, would, would have this weapon? Are there less weapons in Legend of Korra? Uh, I feel like yes. Just gloves. I feel like there's, I feel, like there's I feel like there's more benders in Glo- Legend of Korra. Gloves
0: and and zappy sticks. Because I'm having a hard time thinking like who am I gonna? I guess Asami. I think just Asami think the, could learn to handle a weapon really well.
1: Honestly, you would just give it to a bender, and it would be an extension of him. Like maybe oh, I could see Ton Rock with okay. it. Okay.
0: I wasn't uh, even father. I was thinking like straight up Team Avatar, but I like where he took that yeah. for sure. Uh, I'm gonna stick with Asami. Just she's clearly like a very skilled non-bender who I would tr- trust with a complex mm. weapon. Yeah. If Korra
1: carried a weapon, which I mean, I think Avatar, sure Avatar should carry weapons also. Um,
0: she could actually. You know, I don't know if I see Korra with this type of weapon. I think Korra, Korra is, is going to be more of a blunt, uh, a blunt force. Like hers is going to mm. be a club or a boomerang again. Maybe not necessarily for Water Tribe reasons as much as I feel like that's more her personality.
1: I think... I wouldn't give her a blunt weapon. I would give her something with some type of dynamic range. I think she would be like a dual boomerang
0: user. Dual boomerangs. Nice. <laughs> uh Yeah, okay. I get a board. I Well, let's be honest. They're in like a steampunky age. They'd probably just have guns. They'd just... <laughs> they'd just be packing regular heat. <laughs> Way less interesting. Maybe that's why they didn't give them weapons like guys. Any weapon in this day yeah. and age, like it's just a firearm. Yeah, we can't do that. We better we better just stick to bending <laughs> and zappy gloves. Yeah. Um hmm. Uh no, oh, oh you know oh one. you know
1: oh you know what? Lynn.
0: Lynn would also also have the weapon as a metal bend. This one and she would. What is this thing called that we're even tied? I don't even know if it I has I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't think it's a real thing. To this have, is basically a metal. Maybe it is a real sword whip thing. So yeah, Lynn yeah. or you know, I'm gonna just say let, most metal benders would probably kill with this thing, literally. <laughs> yeah. No pun intended. Literal intended.
1: Yeah. Or I guess maybe uh, it'll be. Oh, you know what? I'm, I'll switch it to Kuvira because Lin already has like the cables. Yeah. And Kuvira should have a like intimidating weapon that's like.
0: You don't think that like, part of like, Kavir's thing is that her weapons seem unassuming at first, her 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 clips? Her clip.
1: Uh, you know, that's that, that's cool, that's so good for her character and given, it's like
0: resourceful. Like look at what I can do with this it's a hair clip at best and then I'm gonna incapacitate your whole gang with But
1: giving her but giving her a weapon like a uh, Thor's hammer that yeah. like she could have it on the other side of the room, right? And someone's coming to intimidate her or to attack her, and and they're not sure if they're quick enough to 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 catch her off guard until she can get that weapon to her and summon it to her. Like I, I could agree, she that could just she be that be, intimidating.
0: I could be agree that she could be the best with it, but just like me trying to pair it to the right character, I don't know if I want her to have it. I think I want mm, it to be. Okay. I think I want it to be uh uh Lynn or or Lynn's sister, whose name I shamefully can't think of right now. Suyin, so, yeah. Suyin, so, yeah, thank you. I want it to yeah. be a good guy. All right. You know, it doesn't actually suit Suyin either. She no, doesn't seem like she good. needs a flashy weapon. I'm gonna let's go, Lin. It, it doesn't seem like the weapon esque type. No. And so I'm gonna say, if we, uh, Lin, if we get a bender, but if we're giving it to a non-bender in the vein of like giving Sokka a special weapon, um, then then Asami becomes maybe too obvious. So maybe that's a dumb, a dumb tangent. No. Good point. Wish we'd talked about that weapon in the review part.
1: Oh, no. Yeah, I'm... I'm okay, never mind. Yeah, I can hear myself. I can see myself. Anyway. Um, sorry, I'm talking to myself. Uh, okay, so nets. No, you're talking is, to me. I can't hear you. You just validated it. It's <laughs> the, the, uh, the dragons. So there, there's, you know, a few dragons in Avatar. Sean, I would like you to uh talk about how you feel about like the,
0: the dragons in in raya and the last dragon. Let me start by saying that the dragons in Avatar are some of my favorite dragons in in oh, okay. any medium ever. They are exactly what I want, which is like big but like lithe and powerful. I don't want a big fat the the how to train your dragons, the the alpha dragons, those never did it for me. For me the dragons like like sinewy, it's it's lithe, it's Still massive and, and insanely powerful, just based on size and scope. Legend of Zelda dragons tend to do that very well. That kind of wyvern, snake-like, but still very big and powerful. So Avatar dragons are among my favorite. So that being said, in Ryan the Last Dragon, it feels more towards again that Disney Pixar persona of it, or not persona visage of what a dragon yeah. is. Uh, and yeah. so I'm I'm not quite as big of a fan. Uh, but at the same time, I do like how they incorporate like a diversity of dragons. Too often in my head, I have this what I want a dragon to be in a series and they all look like this. In Ryan the Last Dragon, it feels like even in the little dragon familia that there was kind of diversity among the dragons. And I did I did really like that. I liked them having some affiliation. I always want my dragons to have some affiliation with the magical power, even if we don't like how it was like plotted out or, or how it was uh, set up. But to me, magic like dragons are always magical creatures of some way, shape, or form. Um, I like they had very like unique personality in in Sisu, for, uh, for example. As much as I didn't love the voice acting, I like the the type of personality that they gave her, and that it was intentionally distinct from all of her siblings' dragons. And they tried to make no, okay. it up front. So uh, maybe that's the way to put it. Is I like the personification of the dragons yeah. in Ryan the Last these, Dragon, even if I don't like the dragons as much. These are
1: I think very sentient character dragons, unlike the dragons and, and the Avatar universe, which are more so they're not pets, but they're <laughs> they're they're not conversationalists.
0: I'm gonna make like a yeah, weird I- it's almost like a uh I don't know, a paradox or a uh, reciprocal of, like, in Ryan and the Last Dragon, they're supposed to be these supernatural, uh, uh, not worshipped things, but these sort of supernatural yeah. things, these metaphysical things. But then in yeah. the end, they're just kind of a small creature with serious limitations and stuff like and very human-like traits. Whereas then they... you go to Avatar, and they treat them like like pets or closer to animals, when in reality they are these massive, supernatural, like, impossible to, to understand hunted as a means of attaining some sort of mythical, legendary status. Mm-hmm. So it's like a reciprocal of how they're treated versus what they actually are and feel like. Yeah. Um I, character design-wise,
1: in the context of the film, I like the character designs of the, of the dragons. Um Just as a person. Doesn't uh, just, just think about dragons. I don't really like the the, <laughs> the designs of them. They're not. I don't. I don't like dragons. Their design. I like. I like my dragons with uh, probably two horns or, or a lot multiple horns, not just like a unicorn type of deal. Uh, I like my dragons with wings, and uh, I always like. I do always like hairy hair, like on dragons. So I think that's really cool oh, no, because it's such like uh, a mane
0: kind of. Yeah,
1: because it's such a a a. a a um, contradiction from the scales that are on dragons, right? guess amphibians and and what amphibians. would that hair even Re- reptiles. Reptiles don't have hair, yeah. right? And so that's kind of cool because you you usually associate dragons with some type of uh, reptile, and so I think that's really cool when when dragons have some type of kind of hair on them. Um, but I, I do just you know as you mentioned before, I do like the. The mysticism, the sort of godlike dragons that that they are, mm-hmm. in it.
0: Uh, just curious, do you have a favorite live-action dragon?
1: Mmm. I, I like Daenerys'
0: dragon. Daenerys' dragon is pretty. Uh, sick. Drogo. Yeah, think, yeah. Uh, well, and you no. know their development from you know from baby dragon to full mm-hmm. grown. Like I, I kind of yeah. like him at every, at every step.
1: And also, like you get to see. You fully get to see just what a dragon is capable of and how it changes the complete dichotomy of, of, the, of the the complete power structure of the whole world when a
0: dragon is a thing. That's alive. It's just a, a massive military weapon of almost unfathomable <laughs> scope. Uh, yeah. I think when I think of live action dragons, or I try to picture a dragon in the real world, and not in an animated way. I usually mm, go cool. to the Hungarian horntail tail from, from Harry Potter first. It's not cause I think it's perfect, but again, it sticks to that. Like this is a, a it's a mass, like a massive athlete of, a, of a creature. It's not a big lumbering thing, it, but it is big and strong and is very impressive uh, in speed and, and power and things like that. Very wh- horrifying to look at. So that's, those tend to be my favorite kind of dragons. Um, I always, I like the movies How to Train a Dragon, but I don't like that Pixar ness to all of those dragons. And there's a yeah. little bit of that. There's a little bit of that oh. to these here, but yeah.
1: Oh, wait, well, you say live action. Thunder's a good dragon. The Dragon Prince has some great. Uh,
0: dragon Prince has some killer dragons. dragons. Those would be more like a bigger. I don't want lumbering's not the right word, but like maybe an old school idea of a swords and sorcery dragon, like just these massive. Mm. Thicker, thicker beings that maybe aren't. Yeah, I don't Tho- know. and
1: those and those dragons are kind of a, a great cross between. I think the Avatar dragons and Raya and the Last Dragon dragons, right? Because they are more like mystical creatures. Like they are the heads of of these and of of these of a whole land, right? They have a whole power structure to them, and they're very thought provoking. And they have their own. Uh, opinions. And they have their yeah. own gray areas.
0: Like we see these dragons, yeah. these very intelligent dragons, haven't like causing moral dilemmas. So they're not pets; they're real supernatural <laughs> beings, but with real like yeah, yeah. Uh, they I may not. I don't, they're incredibly designed. It may not be my favorite kind of dragon, but yeah, a, maybe on an intellectual level, and what they represent as dragons. Those are dragon prince dragons are crazy good. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, and they're very diverse, also.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, yeah, very diverse. Anyway,
0: let's on to dragons. Uh, you know, Someday I like I we'll like both do dragons. A whole, a whole episode about dragons. <laughs> uh,
1: so relationships, and really, this just gets down to two relationships uh, that I think are are fairly similar because they when they're so Disney has this thing. Where so people call it queer baiting, right? Where 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 you have two characters who seem to be like clearly there's something that could go on there, but Disney's like, no, we're never gonna go that far. <laughs> um, we're never gonna make a character in any of our properties
0: uh, gay or or anything close to that. But like this... they're gonna they're gonna put it there and let you take it that way if you want it. Yeah, they're gonna, gonna they're let never, you. Yeah, they're, they're
1: gonna, gonna let you. Gonna... Yeah. Which is, which I think this would have been a great opportunity to introduce uh, a, a gay character in, in a family film. Um, and I think it would it would have been very natural, right? I think these two characters have a lot of chemistry together. Um, they sort of have this ri- rivalry, but they there there's some trust that was broken in, in the past there. So you know, I'm talking about the relationship between Raya. And I forgot her name, uh, the, but you you know <laughs> the main antagonist I, Sora, Nama- Namari. Yes, Nama-ri. I keep forgetting her name, but yeah, like, and granted, you don't have to jump to it because the thing is, I'm sure the writers would be like, "Well, you're just jumping to that. Uh, you just... it would be a jump in the story to get them there, right? They went from friends." To kind of more enemies and you' just be jumping straight to them being to like them a couple if you did that. and
0: now you're trying to make them yeah yeah which
1: i could buy that but i'm pretty sure if this was a heterosexual relationship they would have made the jump
0: we <laughs> like, uh, they would have written
1: in a way to make the jump
0: as i was gonna say it's like we could maybe buy it on an individual level but like on, Disney just give us one at, at some point <laughs> yeah. and then we I, maybe like if they ever get
1: to yeah, they they won't ever do it. Um, I just thought it was pretty similar to the to Lakeora Samuel's done, right? They were, you know, they were uh, frenemies, <laughs> if if you will, and they ended up being together. Um, you know, they could. And the thing is, is that Legend Core actually didn't rush to it either, right? They end the series with them holding hands and starting the relationship. They could have easily kind of done that at the end of this. And like there were so many, without, like, I think. to say without
0: the additional material, you could you could <clears> make <throat> the case that it's the same same thing without those additional yeah. uh, avatar materials at our disposal. Yeah. Uh, although they were, to me, they were very very clear
1: on on Kurosami, right? You don't, and and they and they drop so many hints and cues in it, right? Because they at the end of the episode, you had Varric and Julie getting married, mm-hmm. and then Korasami that connection to them, uh, walking th- those are complete uh, parallels to each other. So you and your head are supposed to think, all right, this is a couple. Also, they were playing the avatars theme, but in like a lovey way, the same way they played it at the end of, of, of the series. And So they went as far as they could, right? Like you know, holding hands, going into spirit portal, and then if you look back. I think, and we'll get into this whenever we wrap up our review of it, there's so many little hints dropped in that when I first watched it, I did not notice it like at all. I think it's, I, I remember like, being on, like, internet pages and people were like, oh yeah, we totally ship Khorasami. And in my head, I'm like, guys, like, there can be... Because in my head, the people who were shipping Korosami were, like, people who were just wanted to see two girls. It was, like, in my head, it was dumb... Guys who want to see two girls hook up. So my, <laughs> so me thinking I'm being like defensive, of um, I'm like, like they're just like friends. Uh, not that they're friends, but that I'd like. All right, I don't, I don't see it. And then I rewatched. i like, oh, there was a lot of hints. Actually, you oh, know, it wasn't random. Jock guys want to see girls make out with each other. <laughs> it was, it was legitimate people who who really uh, thought and saw this and uh and brian and mike like right when the episode aired they released statements on it like brian wrote korasami is canon you can you said you can love it you can hate it but it's canon (laughs) like he he was very adamant on that i didn't know and you would think yeah yeah they came out right right afterwards um which, with some really, you know, Mike and Brian
0: usually have very uh, thought-out statements <laughs> on things. Very, very deliberate. Deliberately yeah. worded things, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which you would think
1: that, you know, Legend of ended in 2014, I think? Was it 2014? Somewhere around there. It's been seven years since then. And...
0: <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah,
1: and and I thought this would have been a good time to to do that. The t- TV has made huge strides, I think, in, in representation for for gay characters, uh, but films, specifically Disney. Actually, I don't think Disney has
0: made any strides, even in their TV shows. Uh, anyone can correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, yeah, this is one of those where I'm like really happy to be, like, if you have an example, by all means. Yeah. Um, but Disney is is known just for
1: <laughs> queer baiting people, uh, queer baiting their their fans, which gets mad gets fans mad. Which I, I completely understand as a person who's been uh, the thing is you can't you can't black bait people. Person <laughs> the person's black
0: or, or not. I mean I don't I mean, know. You made that you entire actually, episode about characters who are black, but not that like, is true. That, My bad. That is true. You can't. It, it little, might yeah, not be yeah. intentional, you, but. It could happen, uh, I suppose. Oh, no, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Go watch. I just remember in... watch that that uh, video of Chris's. By the way, if you allow me to plug it, that's that's got to be one of your better videos, in my opinion. Uh, not necessarily a performance, but like amusing and thought provoking and different. Like I, you go try to find a different video on YouTube that that tells a similar story. Is what that one does. It's great. I don't think.
1: <laughs> uh. Yeah, I, you know, I guess I. <laughs> I don't know you say that, but you probably could.
0: People do probably black. I mean, a lot U- of YouTube <laughs> like, is a, YouTube's a big place, so I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't. Tell. I, I,
1: I think of the tra- the Transformer vibe in the first Transformer movie, who's clearly stereotypically black to almost an offensive. Uh, okay, point. but don't <laughs> talk about Michael Bay stuff on this <laughs> podcast. Take that somewhere else. Well then, well then, that's the Transformer that you know. how I knew he was black because he was the one that was killed. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's how I knew. <laughs>
0: You're like, like, wait a minute, is this a horror movie? Is yeah. it the, the black transformer go first? Um, the only
1: one, nobody else. That, but that's but like, like, he will come into scenes, Hey there little bitches. Like why are you, why is this the
0: stereotypical was, black guy voice you came up with? Like oh my gosh. It's it's uh some some executive level folk <laughs> trying to that that aren't in touch <laughs> trying to what am i trying to say mm-hmm. trying to appeal to somebody that they don't understand <laughs> yeah something like that right. yeah but no hey no more uh, michael bay though that's just, that's outlawed i won't allow it <laughs> I'll mute you uh but
1: anyway um those are uh all the things we uh comparing the with them
0: yeah yeah it all. um and again it's uh there's a few things that that sort of make this obvious and fun to do uh Themes, dragons, core, core ripoffs, and stuff like that. Um, other things, like I said for me, you know, say fighting, um, the the fighting and stuff like that, where there's not like an obvious parallel to me, at least, other than but the but the attempt at magic, I guess, was really a parallel. Yeah, just maybe a. Poem, oh but.
1: I would say it wasn't. even though <laughs> you know, the backstory is very similar. I left the film, finished the film, thinking that it it wasn't that very close to, to after Lester Bender um, I, nor in quality, nor in, and in, I think in, in how the story played out.
0: I don't have any, uh, my, my brain's not dynamic at all. So when I'm watching stuff, I'm never thinking about that stuff until you pointed out, like until you literally pointed out to me, you're like, Hey, let's compare these two. And then I get out John Mulaney. I'm like, yeah, they are the same. <laughs> no, uh, the when I, I just you watch the film, um, came away, as I mentioned in the review, feeling feeling good, but not great. Um, but in a way, I do appreciate it more when we have, like, even this type of discussion. Even where kind of bagging on it a little bit for not doing things as good as the Avatar universe that we talk about. Uh, but it makes me appreciate the nuance of the film more when we get to talk about it like this. So yeah. good, better, better for me either, even with a little dragon bashing. Yeah
1: i would i would recommend the film yeah.
0: yeah i i i was happy with this eight point one felt felt right to me as like a yeah this uh, it's a b movie not that's funny a b movie uh not in the literal <laughs> sense of a b movie it's very much a triple a movie but like a b grade a b caliber movie i'm I'm comfortable with that that's what i would tell somebody yeah. uh final thoughts on comparisons on Ryan the last dragon. On, on your favorite dragons of any type. You know what? That deserves its own episode. Don't do that. I feel like we talked about this. On too. bringing Michael Bay up in the podcast. Is this the first time know. that's ever happened? In, in three years? Mm-hmm. This is the first time we ever made a Michael Bay conversation? Is it? Isn't?
1: Probably. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't you know, you know what?
1: I, I, I actually loved the first Transformers movie. It was in my top ten movies for a long time. Oh.
0: At least it's it is the best Michael Bay movie. I will give you that. Oh, Bad Boys One and Two. I think he did both of those. Those actually aren't. Oh, bad. I didn't even know that he did those. To be fair, yeah, it's I, weird. It's, yeah. Well, also, I haven't seen those in a long time, so I, I'm going to reserve judgment on all friends for those. I haven't seen them in a while. Actually,
1: I don't think Bad Boys Two Ages as well. Bad Boys. 1 that sounds like 2. a sequel
0: thing. Yeah, yeah, I can believe that. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I'm only really mad because the other day somebody sent me. Uh, a very inexpensive 3DS game, and it was Turtles. And they were recommending it. And I was like, Sean, you're gonna love it. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a beat 'em up, and it's pretty simple. It's got fighting mechanics. And I put it in, and it was like Michael Bay Turtles. I thought it was gonna be like animated Nickelodeon, uh, and uh, I was so mad. And then I played it, and I was like, Yeah, this is kind of good. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, game. <laughs> anyway, that is our. Uh, extensive thoughts on, on Raya and The Last Dragon. Thanks for bearing with us as we tried to put a real review in there. We will, uh, ideally, will like I said, we'll pluck that out and we'll make it separate. So if people just want to see our, our bare bones review of the movie, great. Um, my name's Sean Chaler. That's my friend Chris Ford, aka. The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter fame. This has been Avatar The Last Podcasters. You can find us on all the social mediums and all the normal places. I'm very tired, so I'm not going to say them right now. Thanks for (laughs) watching. We will see you next time.